Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption. Everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because party of redemption, your table is now ready. Well, hey, everybody. I am sitting in the studio today, uh, talking over Zoom with my good friend, Ross King. Hey, Ross, welcome back to the table. Hey, Robert, thanks for for, uh, taking the time today to have me on. I... uh, Man, I, I was just, we were talking just a few moments before we started recording. I said, you know, last time we met, we were at Outlanders there in your town, Nolansville. Yep. Yep. What's that been in about maybe six or eight months? Oh, it's been a little, a little longer than that. Maybe back in May. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. I remember it got really loud at one point because there's yeah. some children playing out on the deck. And I'll just tell you, yeah, I would love to go back there and record again right now with the yeah. children and bring on twice as many children. <laughs> yep. It's great. Uh, yeah. Well, man, you wrote a song, but first off, before we start unpacking that, how are you and your family weathering these? I keep hearing the word you do too. Unprecedented times. How are y'all weathering this? You know, um, I think we're as good as can be expected. Um, we, you know, I'm self-employed and we homeschool. And so I'm not, a lot of this stuff isn't super new to us in terms of the way that, that everyday life is going. Um, we, you know, we tend to be in the house a good bit and all together a pretty good bit. So I'm not, um, that part of it hasn't been all that weird. You know, I know, I know a lot of families, a lot, a lot of parents particularly are saying, gosh, I'm, you know, we're still crazy, but we're never all here in the house together and that sort of thing. We don't have that, that problem because we're used to this, but obviously, I mean, it's a heavy time. It's a time of a lot of, um, you know, what's next, a lot of unknowns and, it's definitely a new, a, a new normal that people are trying to, to adjust to. Um, we, you know, I'm self-employed and a lot of my money comes from, on my income is uh, going out and doing concerts and leading worship and stuff. So obviously that, that part of our, our income is taking a pretty big hit, but I mean, I, I kind of feel like every, you know, I, I can't speak for people in the very, very, very low um, financial sort of, uh, uh, you know, strata, but I, but I, for, I think most people are going to go through something hard in this time financially. And I think there's probably gonna be a good bit of grace among people, you know, for people not getting evicted, people not having their lights turned, turned off or anything. I mean, I hope that's, that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably less worried than I might normally be in, in a situation with financial uh, unknowns and financial fears because it's almost like everybody's in the same situation, right? And it, it sort of brings a, there's a solidarity to it that makes me probably feel a little bit less, a little bit less stressed out than I, than I normally might be. Yeah. Yeah. We're all in the same boat. Exactly. And, 
we'll talk. It's funny. I've had boat analogies in my mind the last week. <laughs> I may hit some of those right toward the end. Yeah, great. You wrote a song uh, a little over a year ago, and uh, or it was released less than a year ago. One of the most phenomenal songs I heard all of last year, you and I, the last time we met, you, that was the day I think that the song was released. Yeah, and thank you, by the way. You're welcome. Uh, man, uh, have you thought about that song the past few days? The name of the song, and you're going to sing it here in just a second, uh, The Things That I'm Afraid Of. Have you thought right. about that song the last few days? Oh, sure, because, you know, a, a lot of times um, as songwriters, we uh, we write stuff and we think, here's what that means, and here's the application for that, and here's why I wrote it, and then you sort of like send it out into the world, and then a couple of things will happen usually in the life of that uh, of that song. One, you'll you'll uh, realize it, it's applying to something you didn't expect um, for you or for someone else, and then two is a lot of times they'll kind of come back to bite you in the sense that that you'll realize I wrote this like I believe it you know, but here I'm in a situation where I'm not really believing it. And then I'm reminded of the song, you know, and someone else is saying, Oh, I heard this song, you know, is really encouraging me. And I'm thinking, Oh man, I, I'm not even living that those truths, you know, I've kind of forgotten about those truths. And, and so it is kind of weird occasionally to sort of be, um, to have an old song or, or have a song you put out a while ago, kind of be a mirror pointed back at you, you know, and, and make you say, Oh, do I really, do I really believe this? You know, and am I really, uh, now that it has this new application, am I still believing it with the same level of, 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 of certainty, you know? And, and so I think, you know, I'm not a really fearful person, um, naturally. Um, but I do have a lot of like issues with like stress and anxiety. And I guess those are kind of like fear, you know, it's just that I don't usually see it quite, quite like that, but it's a really fearful time. I mean, I'm, we, we had our, um, we, we had a meeting with some friends, some home group church type friends, um, a few days ago. And I could just tell a couple of people on the, it was a zoom meeting like this and a couple of people on the meeting, I could tell were really, really afraid, you know, and, and I don't judge that. I mean, I, it's not the way that I process things quite the same way, but it, but it reminded me that people can get really, really scared, um, of what's, of what's coming and they're not, that doesn't make them weak. You know, it's just how we all kind of how we all deal with with these kind of things. But but um, but but I, but yeah, so I, I the, the next morning I saw somebody had posted something about the song saying, oh, here's a song you should listen to if you're going through a tough time or if you're, or if you're afraid. And I just thought, man, uh, do I really believe that, you know, um, the coronavirus and the struggling economy uh, bow to Jesus? Yeah. Right. Um, are they, do I really believe they're under his, his authority and his reign and rule and all, and all that. Um, and I, and, and I do, I just don't know how much sort of in the moment to moment that I, that I believe it, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Perfect sense. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I used to say sometimes you can know something is true and still not really believe it. And that, I think that's probably what's going on here yeah. is, is all the Christians know that God is in charge of all this and that he's on his throne and all, all those kind of platitudes Christians like to say. Um, but we maybe aren't walking in a, in belief of it, uh, moment to moment. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think when trauma hits us and I had a, a traumatic event in my life about uh, nine years ago, where a matter of fact, earlier last week, I sent out a text to some of my friends and I said, well, we're, you know, having this social distancing thing. I said, I should be the master at this. I want social distance myself for two whole years. Mm. And uh, one of the things, a traumatic event like this, where, you know, we are all in the same boat, but it takes you back, or at least it has for me, just kind of some flashbacks to those that, earlier trauma uh, right. you kind of revisit it and it's interesting you said that about about the things that I'm afraid of the song how you go back and it's kind of slapping you in the face I didn't preach for almost two years uh, it mm. had a hiatus from preaching and when I would pull the, the sermons out when I started preaching again the manuscripts it was like oh my goodness you know it's like I wrote this or God wrote this message mm-hmm. five years ago but it's preaching to me today it's almost like he hand wrote this for me for the right. time and, and, and I'm sure you can relate to this but you'll even look at things that you that you wrote for that sermon and you'll forget that you ever thought that, or you'll yeah. forget that you ever really believed that. You know, that's part of the interesting part of living a little while, which I know you and I both l- lived a little while, and and we've written and recorded a lot of our thoughts in various ways over these many years. And you'll and you'll think, I don't remember ever even knowing that, much less telling someone else that. You know what I mean? Like there'll be some some profound thing that you'll realize. I don't remember ever being that smart or wise or any of that. In fact, I feel really, you know, <laughs> I feel really way less smart or wise than that now. But apparently the Lord spoke to me in that moment and told me that, you know, or showed me that. And and, and now he's shown it to me again, uh, only through through my own writing, my own words, you know, and that, that's, yeah. that's, that's a weird kind of humbling and encouraging, right? Because it humbles you that you, that you, that you forgot it, you know, but it encourages you that, that, that the Lord brought that to you way before you even needed it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of it too, is that things I'm afraid of is one of the first songs I've ever written. Not one of the first it's, 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 it's probably among a handful of songs that, that I wrote when I needed it. And I wrote because I needed it. Sometimes a lot of times as a writer, you can write something after you need it or before you need it, but you don't really write it in the midst of needing it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Oh yeah. And so that was one of the few I wrote while I needed it, you know, and, and then I probably quit needing it a pretty good bit. Right. Because, because I got through that season and the, and the, and the truth kind of got down deep in me, but, but now I kind of feel like I need it again. Yeah. Uh, not so much the song as, as, as the truth that kind of brought me there. Yeah. Hey, why don't you share the song with us? Uh, we, sure. Those, so those who are listening who, who don't know it, uh, so they can kind of get an idea. Yeah, sure. Let's um, make sure that I sound okay. Cause I don't know if it's going to be like way too loud or way, way too soft. Okay. So I'm going to have to back away from the mic to play because I don't want you getting blasted. Okay. Yeah. You. I'll. Uh. You know. I'll do. I'll give yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Hand signals. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back and is that gonna feel super loud? Probably pretty loud, right? Just a tad. Okay. I'm gonna pull back a bit more. Okay. How's that feel? shaking my heart's pounding you always take me make me lie down in peaceful fields where I can clear my head cause I get so 
overcome with anxiety. Like there's an enemy living inside of me. Like a monkey yelling out, telling lies to me. And I don't feel brave, but I don't have to be. Cause I walk through the valley of shadows. And it scared me half to death. But you're with me everywhere I go. So I don't give up yet. My fears would surely kill me if I didn't know the truth. Things that I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of you. My emotions turn against me, not faith nor reason could convince me that you have patience left to fight for me. But my depression is affecting every ounce of me. I can get the medication and the counseling. Still, I can hear the fear calling out to me. And I don't feel brave, but I don't have to be. Because I walk through the valley of shadows. And it scared me half to death. Showing me everywhere I go. So I don't give up yet. My fear would surely kill me if I didn't know the truth. Things that I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of you. You prepared a table for me, right in front of my worst enemies. And you're as calm and relaxed as can be. There's no place where demons won't find me, but. Just wait till they see who's standing behind me. I walked through the valley of shadows, and it scared me half to death. But showing me everywhere I go, so I don't give up yet. My fear would surely kill me if I didn't know the truth. Things that I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of you. Oh, oh, oh. I walked through the valley of shadows. It scared me half to death. Showing me everywhere I go. So I don't give up yet. My fear would surely kill me if I didn't know the truth. Things that I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of you. Things that I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you want to clap too loud on the microphone? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thanks so hey, much. You're welcome, man. That's uh, Those of you who just heard that for the first time, I encourage you to go uh, go to iTunes and purchase that It's uh, uh, and listen to it. You, you know, you released, uh, I love the original, but then back in, when, November? You Somewhere released, in there, yeah. yeah. You released an acoustic version of that I really liked a lot, too. So Thank it was you. Like, like hearing it all over again for the first time, just to. Well, it's funny because, you know, a, a song like that, for me, you know, um, it had a mood when I wrote it that needed to, that felt like it needed a lot of energy and a lot of um, almost like attitude, you know, like mm -hmm. confidence. Mm -hmm. But then I also knew that it, the production on it is a little bit weird. It's a little, for me, it's a little, it's a little new. And I, and I also figured, um, you know, there's also kind of a, um, a tender and uh, humble kind of broken wounded version of this mm -hmm. where someone could sing it or, or, 
process it maybe in less of a confident place and more of a prayerful, hopeful place, you know, like a, like a, um, like a, may it be so Lord kind of a, kind of a version, you know? And so that's always a, something that I, um, that I wish, I wish I could do do that on every song, you know, it's like give kind of two versions, a version that that feels like, yes, I believe this with, with all my heart and I have no doubts and a version that says, I sing this because I want it to be true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the second, second version was kind of that. Yeah. Version you sing on the mountaintop and a version you sing in the valley. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My favorite line in your song is uh, uh, just wait till they see he's standing behind me. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I think we talked about this in our, in our original podcast, but I, you know, that, that it's, 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 I, I try to, take inventory of things I've been really saying a lot or thinking a lot or needing to hear a a lot. And one of those things for me was um, I was going through a period where I would, I was trying to reframe Jesus as a, as a protector because, you know, there's a, there's a, um, I I, I never want to feel, sorry, we just kind of knew dogs. There's probably dogs noises going on. I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but that was one of our coronavirus uh, 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 adjustments is get a dog so we kids are less bored, you know. But but anyway. Um, Perfect timing. I love yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but um, I had I was trying to work through this idea of Jesus as a protector, you know, because the, because the problem is if Jesus, is, Jesus isn't a little bit scary, then he's not scary to the things that, that, that are attacking me. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like yeah. if the Lord isn't a little bit terrible – Right. And I mean that word kind of in a classic sense, you know, like if the Lord can't instill terror, um, then he's really not able to to uh, to defend me against the other terrible things. Right. Yeah. And so um, I just had had this I'd, I'd heard years ago, Rich Mullins say something like um, Jesus is the is the is the big kid in the in the playground. He'll bloody your nose and then give you rat right home on his bike. You know? And <laughs> And I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I don't necessarily like know if I totally agree with that, with that phrasing, but, but I do love this idea that I'm a kid in the schoolyard and there's a bunch of kids coming at me and I don't, I don't have the capacity to fight off these kids, but maybe there's a, there's a scene, you know, in my mind where I close my eyes preparing for all the fists to pound against my face. And then, and then I sort of, as I'm, my eyes are closed, I sort of hear the other footsteps trailing away and I wonder what happened you know did I did I I look scarier than I thought I did did I look tougher and I opened my eyes and realized that behind me is the biggest kid in in school who not only is there for me to help me but is also kind of scary enough to scare off all the all the other stuff right and and that's a that's a you know I'm not sure that's a helpful picture for everybody but for me in that in that in certain place certain times in my life I need that that version of Jesus, you know, yeah. is really helpful to me. Yeah. If you've ever read Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, know, exactly. Aslan, you know, yeah, exactly. the lion and the conversation that the, the beaver family have with the children when they right. say, is, is he safe? You know, no. Of course yeah. he's not safe. Yeah, he's, yeah, but he's the king and he's good, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Excellent. You're uh, you've got a new project coming up. Are you mm-hmm. working on that now in the midst of a quarantine? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of the only things that that, that I can do, right? Um, I so I did a I did a crowdfunding thing, um, a, a, a Kickstarter thing, and 
I mean, I'm super grateful that that happened when it did, because I'm pretty sure that wouldn't have worked now. Um, but I, but I was able to fund the whole, uh, album. And so essentially I just got all that money when it came in and paid everybody up, up front, you know, which mm -hmm. worked out great because a lot of these guys that worked for me for, 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 for making the record, they're going to be out of work, you know, cause a, a couple of the guys who are producing for me, um, their names are Ben and Mark. They're, they're in this band for King and country. That's mm -hmm. a, a big Christian band, you know, and, and that, that band's like canceled their dates until June or whatever, you know, yeah. and that's a, that's a big part of Ben and Mark's income. And so I was able to just, you know, basically write them a couple of big checks and say, Hey, we haven't, we haven't finished the, the album yet, but here it is. I don't want to spend it in, 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 anywhere else. So here, take it now and let's, let's work on this thing. So yeah, I'm in fact, when we, when, when we get done here, here in a bit, I'm going to start making some demos. Um, I basically, the, the way I'm doing things now, is a little different than the way I used to do it. The way I'm doing things now when I make a record is I don't necessarily feel like I have to have everything finished writing whenever I start. Mm -hmm. So I have about 10 or 12 songs um, that are somewhere between half and three quarters f finished. And so I'll just start making demos of those songs, uh, like how far along that they are now. And I'll send those demos to my, my, my producers and they'll start building a track around what I have. And then they'll send me back something that's like, Hey, here's you singing the first verse in the chorus. And then here's a blank second verse and second chorus, mm -hmm. you know, and then I'll write to that, you know, I'll, I'll kind of take, so what I love about it is it's becomes a collaborative process where they're, they're kind of finding the, 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 um, emotion and mood that I send them in the de demo. They're listening to the lyrics and the things I'm doing and they're, they're building ar around it. And then they're giving me an empty sort of back half or back forth or whatever of the, of those songs. And then I'm taking that and seeing, Oh, they, they heard this in the song. And so it has this emotion and maybe they changed these chords here and there. And maybe they added this kind of instrumentation and whatever. And then that's provoking me to know the best way to finish it. Um, so it's really collaborative and very, very fun. And, and it's, and it's a little bit less, uh, it's a little bit less narcissistic too. Cause I, they, they're, they're really shaping what I'm doing, okay. you know, which, which, which I love because I, I think when I get alone in a room too long, I'll just start making dumb choices, you know, and, and, and I'll, I'll start thinking I'm right about, about all, all the stuff I'm doing. And so they'll, they'll, they'll kind of show me like a different direction or a different mood yeah, so that's what I'm doing today. I'm working on those demos, and then in a couple of weeks, they'll start sending me stuff back. In the meantime, I'll keep keep writing and doing other work. Are you finding that uh, any without without any big reveals here, the songs that you have prepared for the album? Are you finding any rewrite or maybe reflavoring, or how maybe it was almost prophetic to what where we are at this moment? Oh sure, like there's the, the 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 two songs that I was closest to to putting out before I started the Kickstarter. Um, I almost put out a couple of songs. One of them's called Golden. One of them's called Walk Walk in the Valley. And um, Walk in the Valley is essentially like a. It's almost like me taking things I'm 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 afraid of and doing another kind of version of it, sort of because it's 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 sort of in that same, you know, Walk through the Valley of Shadow of Death. But it's but it's it's a song about the fact that like I was built, like I was made for trial, you know, like, like the Lord created us for trial, you know? Yeah. So, so the lyric says, I was made to walk in the valley. I was built to stand in the storm. Uh, there's a peace deep inside me that can outlast any war. I can face the dark and the danger. 
it, it can't scare me anymore because I was made to walk in the valley. I was built to stand in the storm, right? So it's all like, it's kind of like, you know, I'm created for trial. That, that's actually when I'm the most me, right, is, wow. is when I'm – so that so I'm excited because that, that, I hadn't finished that yet, um, but it really feels like now I have different kinds of tools to, to finish it. And then the other one's called Golden, and it's based upon that, that section of Job where, you know, Job is sort of in the midst of all this craziness, and he says – and I'll paraphrase. He's like, I'm looking for the Lord. I'm looking for him in the north. And he's not there. I go to the east and I don't see him. I go to the west and I don't find him. He you kind of lists all the directions on the, on, on the compass and says, I'm, I, I can't find him. And then, he, and then he says, but he knows the path that I take. And when he's, when he's done testing me, I will be gold. You know, wow. I, will, I will come forth golden, you know. Wow. And so those were the two songs I was going to be re- releasing next. And was kind of waffling on that, rethinking, oh, I've got some other stuff that's, that's more that I like better or that I want to do more. So it's kind of recharged my desire to, to really finalize those um, because they're both kind of hopeful, but honest songs about trial uh, and about, you know, being made for trial, but also knowing that, that going through it, um, the Lord's trying to shine us up, you know, and, and again, not, not to like make light of it or act like, Oh, when something hard happens, God's, you know, having fun with us. It's not, I, I, I'm not ready to say that. It's more that it's just that, whatever the causality thing is, you know, going through those hard things, one shouldn't be a shock to us because it's, it's what we were made for. We, we, we weren't made for easy and good times. Yeah. Uh, and then second, it's, 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 it's continuing to, to form and reform us. You know, that, that, that idea of continually dying and rising again, dying and rising again, that's, that's kind of our, that's our rhythm of life. It, yeah. it, it ought to be. Um, and, and, and I, I know I'm not saying that as if that's how I live. Um, but, but anyway, those are the two songs that I'm hoping to get those done in the next, I don't know, month and put those out soon to hopefully speak to this crisis. I mean, I mean, hopefully in a month things look a lot, a whole lot better, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not certain about that. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. A couple of weeks ago, I have been working on a, a book and I sent a book proposal out a couple of weeks ago and it wow. was like a day or two before national quarantine was recommended and then right. uh, expected right. to be enforced. And I'm now like, I think I want to go back to those two chapters and mm. rewrite in light of, right. because anything that comes out after this crisis uh, is, uh, you know, needs to be written in light of that. Right. Uh, it's a book on the Beatitudes. And mm. uh, the first, you, it's interesting when you said that our, that's our cycle of life talking mm. about, you know, death and resurrection. I'm like, I'm like the, it's um, when you go through the Beatitudes, people sometimes read those like they're the Enneagram and they're eight different personality types. And that's not what Jesus was saying. He's saying, Hey, you know, you're to be all of these as you follow me and you right. take, you know, you go from one, from the poor in spirit to the mourner, to the meek, et cetera. Yes. But when the hit number eight, it's interesting that the promise in number eight, you know, blessed are the persecuted is the very same promise as right. blessed and poor in spirit. And you've got to, you know, now repeat and, you know, keep taking the steps. Wow. That's, that's powerful. Uh, and, so. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting that, that we have so much, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this, but the people are talking about how the, that Colossians, the, sorry, Second Chronicles passage about, basically it's, it's the National Day of Prayer uh, verse everyone always quotes, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's Second yeah. Chronicles 3, something. If my, but it's, if my people who are called yeah. by my name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it starts before that by saying, you know, there's going to be uh, uh, no rain, yeah. uh, which is Australia. They had the crazy, you know, the, the wildfires. Um, and, and another one is... Um, the locusts. The locusts, which is happening in Africa now, and then pestilence, which is essentially disease. Yeah. You know, and it's it lays out these three things that it seems sort of general, you know, um, or varying degrees of gen- gen- general. You know, the, the locust thing is uh, it, it is obviously not, but but just kind of random, you know. And then you see three things, and he says, "But if but if my people will start praying, then I'm gonna gonna come heal, heal them, you know." And it's funny because I just don't know, and maybe Robert, you can tell me. I don't know if my prayer life right now is day to day, Lord, heal our land. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I pray, help my loved ones not get this, you know, whatever. It's not selfish as much as it's very like sort of local. The, the way right. I pray is kind of local and sort of mm-hmm. micro. And I think it's interesting how, and of course that passage doesn't say if my people humbly pray for their whole world necessarily, but it, but, it, but the implication I think seems like everyone starts praying for God to move, you know? Right in a big way. And, and it is kind of interesting to me that I haven't heard more and maybe I've just missed it, but I haven't heard more like, Hey, we should be having like a national month of prayer. Yeah. We should be praying in a crazy bigger way than they, than they, than, than they have been about this because the God, God's promising. He's promising this is going to change things yeah. if we do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why we're not hearing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not blaming anybody. I don't, I don't even know who would say that. Right. But I right. mean, I'm just saying like you, it is kind of interesting that you're not hearing. I'm not hearing. And like I said, it could be out there, but I'm not hearing like a, a big call to global church, global Christian church. Everyone come pray. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. About 30 years ago, there was a, stu- uh, a wonderful Bible study by Dr. T.W. Hunt called Prayer Life. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I recall Dr. Hunt emphasizing is whenever you pray, you give God a reason to answer your prayer. And mm. about a, a week ago during my quiet time, I was praying over the pandemic and it was like, okay, I started questioning myself. Why am I asking God to end this? Why am I asking God to heal this? Was I equally concerned about God stopping this when it was in Wuhan, China? Right. Uh, you know, or exactly. I, is it suddenly now it's a threat because it's a threat to my way of life or we're now in quarantine. And I had right. to be honest, you know, I was like, okay, God, yeah, there's selfishness in my prayer. And I've got to confess that sin of selfishness. Uh, and I'm not saying, and, and, I, and I even wrote this and I even shared this in prayer time last night. I said, you know, I'm not saying this to inflict guilt. I'm just saying it's not a time to inflict guilt. It's a time to measure truth. And the only truth that I can measure is the truth within me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to call this out in me. This is uh this is, this is why I want you to end this. You know, I'm praying for my family and praying for my nation and praying for my way of life. But yeah, I've got to, I've got to look broader than that. Uh, you know, there are people suffering and I'm praying, I've begun to pray, you know, even more so not that it wasn't, but get a deeper level of, yeah, I'm praying right. for people right now who are struggling for breath, who don't right. have well, adequate healthcare. It, and then it becomes a, it becomes less about a, and either or like, why well, wasn't I praying before and more about a both and where it becomes like, okay, I'm going to keep praying for this, mm-hmm. knowing that my motivations may be selfish and it's going to be, it's good that the Lord pointed out 
the, the spirit pointed out to me those 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 selfish motives. Now I can deal with that and keep praying. Right. It's exactly. not like I have to now be like, well, my, you know, I think a lot of people kind of go to that place. Like, oh, well, if my parents aren't sincere, then, 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 then just, 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 I shouldn't be praying. And it's like, no, that, that's mm-hmm. not it. You know, you definitely want to keep praying. It's just that through that time of intimacy with the Lord, he reveals to you these things that are like, Hey, just think about the fact that you're praying about this because, because it got in your kitchen. Yeah. You know, Yeah. which in some ways you kind of wonder if that's part of it too, right? If the Lord's using that stuff, like, you know, okay, look, you guys weren't praying near, nearly enough about this when it was, when it was just a China thing. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see what happens if I, if I let it come all the way, all the way to your doorstep, you yeah. know? And again, not, not trying to imply that's the Lord's heart for us. It's just, it's just, you know, uh, it, it is interesting that, that, that we get more fervent and more <laughs> sort of passionate about our prayers when they, when they're messing with our, with our rhythms. Yeah. And you know, when we repent, call out the sin in ourselves. you know, the, the thing the enemy wants us to do is curl up in a ball and, you know, and then feel really bad that we were so right. selfish and no, you know, then we've just played right into his hand. No, we call it out and you know, bring it before the Lord. We have the assurance in God's word. If we confess our sin, he is faithful, just will forgive our sin. Yes. And there's strength in that. And there's, you know, again, remember who's standing right behind you. Right. Uh, so. Right. That's great. That's great, Robert. God's good. Amen. Uh, well, man, I, uh, I, I am always enjoy talking to you. I appreciate your vulnerability. Oh, thanks. Um, there's a, uh, I, I love music and I, I'm drawn to many, many musicians, but there's a handful, especially I'll put you in this category. Uh, mm-hmm. You and, and Rich Mullins, Andrew Peterson, Ken Miedema, Denby Cherry, I'll throw Denby in there. <laughs> I uh, love Denby. Yeah, I love Denby. Uh, but just the authenticity and the vulnerability in which you bring to uh, music, song, and you know there are others who do as well. But uh, thank you, thank you very much. It's uh, it it tends to be um, for me, strangely, like uh, it's 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 both um, it's both what I feel like I do best, and and kind of it's therapeutic too. You know, I. I um, it's kind of like years ago I was a part of a church plant and our big emphasis was on biblical community, you know, really mm-hmm. trying to be the kind of acts two, acts four stuff that, that, you know, true community. And here I was an introvert and, and didn't even really want to, didn't even really want that kind of community really. Yeah, right. Yeah. So to make myself do it, I, I, I helped plant a church where that was the, that was kind of a primary marker and I think in some ways that this songwriting for me is a similar way. I'm not necessarily crazy about telling people vulnerable things. And occasionally I'll even have a feeling of, of regret kind of, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, uh Oh, I said that and I can't, I can't take it back. Um, but, but it's also really therapeutic for me. It kind of forces me to do some stuff that, that suddenly looks like I did it, you know, with total, total confidence and maybe it encourages someone else to do the same thing. But deep down, I'm like, uh Oh, I can't believe I can't believe I actually said that, you know? Um, but, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. It's, it's good for me to force myself to say honest things, um, and then put them out to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I believe it's good for others. A, A few weeks back, I was very vulnerable in a sermon I try to be every uh, every week, but I just told them some things about myself that I'd never never brought up in a message before. Not to say, "Hey, look how rotten I was," but just to say, "You need to understand if you've right. had these thoughts. Let me tell you when I had this thought. Let me tell you mm-hmm. what I said uh, and uh, what I mm-hmm. said to God." And 
you know, that was a, it, it struck a chord with a lot of people. Um, just this, those things that within us that we have a hard time admitting to ourselves, much less to, to say in a public space, you know, this is, uh, this is me. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, God has no, been gracious toward me. It, yeah. It's funny you say that because I am, um, I'm reading this book right now by this friend of mine. His name is Josh Wood. He wrote this book. Uh, I should connect you guys. But he wrote this book called The Struggle Bus. He was this guy who a few, few years ago, he put a van on Craigslist for sale and, it, and, the, and the ad went, went viral because it was just like really funny because the van had just been like, the van had just been beat, beat to death by his crazy family. He's adopted, him and his wife adopted several kids and mm-hmm. some special needs stuff in their family. They're just a really neat family. But, but the ad went, went viral because it was just a bunch of jokes about all the ways things didn't work, you know, and everyone just yeah. thought it was so funny. And now he's written a book about it. But, but in the book, he says... Uh, I used to think things went viral because of how unique that that they were, but now I realize things often go viral because of because of, of their sameness. Like the idea that someone sees something and goes, "That's exactly how I feel," mm-hmm. you know. That's exactly what I've been trying to say, you know. Yeah. And so things go, things get, things touch us not because they're so unique or so freshly uh, uh, prepared for us, you know. Like, oh, I've never seen that angle. I've never noticed that. There is some of that, but a lot of it is more of, oh, he's saying what I've been longing to say or trying to say or, or, or saying privately or what I keep thinking that I need to say, that person's saying it now. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of what, what you're talking about. You know, that's why we laugh at stand-up com- comedians. They're not, you know, they say something about parenting or about getting old. They're like, yes, yeah. I feel that, you know. Yeah. And I think that's a lot, a lot of what you're talking about here is that we share these vulnerable things and someone says, I've been trying to find a way to say that. Yeah. And now you've just put words to it. Um, you know, it's not new. Uh, the, only thing, the only thing new about it is that, is that you put it out there yeah. uh, and kind of brought light to it and made it, made it less taboo or, or, or less untouchable. You know, yeah. and I think that's a real, um, there's a real courage in doing it. And I don't always, I don't necessarily say that like I'm so courageous. What I mean is that, is it does feel scary and it brings, it, it does give courage to people, right? Yeah. Whenever, whenever you do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It breathes life. Yes. Uh, because, you know, we're sharing our, our common humanity because we're right. all seriously flawed and, uh, and desperately loved. Uh, <laughs> Amen. So, well, man, I appreciate the time. We, I could talk, you and I could talk all after, all morning. This, this yeah. Morning. Yeah. In the afternoon, I just and we should make time to to do that at some point over a over a meal or a beverage or something. We shall. When I find yeah. out your release date on the uh, new uh, CD album, uh, what do you call them? That do you still call it? You call it well. Album, it's right? gonna gonna be a, a, an album at some point. I think that's still what, what they're calling them. But I probably will release it in little one or two songs at a time at the first part of it because I found that that's an easier way for people to to to, to digest things. Mm-hmm. It's also much easier to kind of market that because you can say, here's one song I want you to think about. Here's two yeah. songs I want you to hear. Because really, not to get too like, you know, marketing nerd, but, but you, um, you really have about six weeks to, to market anything yeah. before pe- people are tired of it, which is why movies stay in the theater for six weeks and, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, and if you put 12 songs out and you have six weeks, you know, that's a half a week per song that you really can like be, be focusing on or put all your energy in one or two of those songs. So I found that it's more, it's better to kind of stagger them and put them out over time. And then towards the end of that process, I'll, I'll maybe release half the songs as singles and then I'll release the whole thing. 
Yeah. So, and that'll probably be, I, I was saying May, and now I don't know if this, this coronavirus thing will speed up or slow down that, that process, but I'm guessing er, early summer it should happen. Okay. So, so you're saying now may or may not. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, That's well, your best thing, Robert, is coming up with those things. Oh gosh. Yeah. I need to, I need to market that. So maybe, yeah, yeah, you do. maybe I need to be a stand-up comedian. Were you ever a, a Leonard uh, Ravenhill fan? Golly, I know the name and I've read but some. Go, of go, go look him up. He's, he was a, he was kind of a, a, I mean this in the best way. He was kind of a charismatic whack job Christian, you know, and I mean that like honestly in a great way. Like he yeah. was, he just crazy about Jesus, but he spoke yeah. in these hilarious platitudes like that. Yeah. He, so he, he was, I mean, on the borderline of being cheesy, he would say these things that were like that all the yeah. time about God, you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, kind of these sort of things that we would end up making a joke about, you know, yeah. like I have a friend who says, uh, he jokes that a Baptist preacher says, uh, uh, pray in knee and, and, and a dancing foot don't belong on the same leg, you know, kind of old school, <laughs> old school Baptist preacher. Oh, That's kind of the way Leonard Ravenhill talked. You know, he always said he had these little things like that. And you should go look him up because he he was kind of the king of that. Maybe you could maybe you could be the, the, the uh, heir apparent of that. Yeah. <laughs> I know Keith Green. Uh, yeah, well, that's Keith was and him were really, really tight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, thank you for your time. I uh, yeah. appreciate our time together. Uh, yeah. Those of you who are listening in, I encourage you to go check out the song, purchase the song, um, and just uh, want to encourage people to keep uh, keep taking things before God. Uh, call out what's within you. Call out your need. Identify it. It's, uh, yes. I've been encouraging people to sail into this storm, yeah, not, not try to outrun it, but turn toward the storm in prayer, stand firm and, uh, you know, call upon the Lord. And yeah, you've got, uh, just wait till whatever's facing you sees what's right behind you as you. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. Love you, my brother. Blessing you on too, you too, buddy. This day. And, All right. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for your time, bud. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Bye.